0: Hello and welcome to the AIM Horsemanship Podcast. From horse training in general to just connecting and having fun with our horses, I'm always learning so I hope you enjoy coming along for this horsemanship journey with me. So today I just wanted to talk about setting up the environment for success of horse training, Um, why we can do it, how we can do it, um, what it looks like um, and things like that. So this is something really useful and I just thought to record this because I was just finished with a training session with Penny working on the mounting block and she started to get a little bit confused at one point and come a bit too close and not be sure if she should go forwards or step back and she started to get a bit over aroused um, and hold her head quite high which is a sign that she's getting a bit tense. So she started to like get a bit confused about what I was asking so I st- straightaway just thought of how can I set up the environment for success to make this easy for her to understand um, and help her so that um, we can both enjoy this and she can understand it better. So what I ended up doing was putting the mounting block on the other side of the fence um, and just hopping over on the other side of the fence and holding the target forwards to where I wanted her to be so that naturally as she walks along the fence line in a straight line and goes to the target her back was in the correct placement from. Um, uh, for what I was asking for the mounting block training. So then this then, um, could I could fade out the target and the fence um, and get her back to just lining up to the mounting block simply by just setting up the environment for success. So I just want to start by giving a human example to kind of explain um, how this works and what it would look like from the horse's perspective. Um, So let's say that you knew you were going to go into a room and you knew that you were going to be... Um, you would need to perform a certain behaviour to access reinforcement. Also, um, just wanted to say that I am primarily going to be talking about positive reinforcement in this episode um, because that's what I primarily use for this and stuff and what I've mainly seen it done with and that's what I use at the minute. But um, at the end, I may go over like how... I think if you're in a situation where you're using pressure and release or negative reinforcement, um, how you can use this to make things really easy, break things down, and set your horse up for success so there's minimal stress and they're more likely to get it right as soon as possible um, and learn in a really fun, happy way. And also, um, how I used to do things like before I started using Plus R more prevalently and things like that. I just wanted to say that even when you are doing this, um, like usual, it's always good to have free food on access. So the horse has an option to just go and eat free food instead of feeling pressurized to perform anything or um, getting stressed or worried. And also it helps to calm them down, that chewing motion and things like that, um, just so they know they can go and relax. And also it makes it, um, takes away the any coercion or anything that could be caused by the training and things like that. It just makes it really relaxing. And also you know that the horse is staying for the right reasons because they're enjoying um yeah. so let's say you're going into um the room where you know you're going to have to be asked to perform a behavior to access reinforcement and let's say you're going you go into the room and it's completely blank and empty the walls are white there's absolutely nothing in there um So, obviously, you would have very little idea of what kind of behaviour to do. You'd be really confused. and You may even get stressed and just go through all your repertoire of behaviours, as horses do sometimes, also when they're going for extinction and things like that, um, and just try to get the right answer because you'd have no clue as to what it would be. So, you would just try loads of things until you get it right. However, if you go into a different room um, where you're going to be asked to perform a behaviour in order to access reinforcement... um, or of ward, let's say, or if you are using minus R, a release of pressure, um, then, um, let's say you go into this other room and it has a chair in it, but obviously you're more likely to go and sit on the chair, um, and then you could, that behaviour could be captured and then put on cue, like with an animal, if we wanted to train a horse to lie down and we set it up so they're more likely to lie down, um, and then we capture that behaviour and we can put it on cue, so that's a really good way to do it instead of, um, just like the empty room where they have no idea what to do and they're more likely to get stressed and just have to try loads of things until they get it right so that's just my opinion anyway I think it really helps to set up the success and give them um an idea so they're really likely to perform the behavior and it's like the first thing that comes to mind when they see whatever's there is to just do that it's just the easiest thing comes to them the most naturally and then you can just capture that behavior and put it on cue without them um having to go through extinction or anything like that or getting stressed or not understanding so here's an example. We all know protective contact has many uses in horse training. For example, um the reverse round pen, teaching horses to lunge, um teaching them to lead walking along a fence line, um anything where they may get over aroused and also um when the horse when you want the horse to feel safe like they can leave and also when you want to be able to leave. Um and it has many uses in just like I said with Penny just walking in a straight line to the mounting block just setting up for success make it really clear what behavior you want um and things like that so an example of protective contact being used to um set the environment up for success would be for example let's say you, sorry about that, let's say you put the horse in a situation Um, whether in their stable, obviously you can only do this if the horse is really comfortable in their stable um, and is happy to just stand in there and things like that. Um, If not, you could do it maybe over a paddock fence and things like that. So let's say this is when you're first starting um, positive reinforcement training with the horse. Um, And the first thing you want to teach the horse to do is stand quietly with their head to themselves and just relax by your side. So if you have the horse over a stable door like this, Obviously the most likely thing they're gonna do is just stand there and casually hang their head over the door. They're not gonna try and walk forwards or run round you or do anything like that because um obviously it just makes the most sense and obviously they're restricted um by a door as to how close they can get to you anyways. But also you want them to be able to leave the situation if they feel like it. So um Obviously the most natural thing for them to do would simply be for them to stand there with them head with their head to themselves and just hang their head over the door and relax. So at this point you could capture this behavior um by marking and rewarding, and obviously at this point they'll be starting to associate the mark with the reward um and start to understand. So you've limited the amount of behaviours that they could perform. So if you started this just um in with the horse or anything like that, then obviously they could just start um trying loads of different things to access, the reinforcement, um, and they it wouldn't it just wouldn't be as clear for them. So I find this really, really helpful in just making it clear for them. Because then once you do take away the um the whatever you've set up in the environment, they already know what behaviour to perform. So there's no need for them to um start trying lots of different things because they already obviously when there's a change in the environment that can change things, but if you do it gradually um and they already understand the behavior and the cue really clearly then they already fully understand what to do, and they're more likely to um uh be more successful in training and have a really happy, fun time, um, and they're not likely to get stressed or over aroused or go for an extinction burst. So um another thing related to protective contact is obviously the reverse round pen. So um often when you see horses being lunged traditionally, or people trying to teach horses to lunge, there can be lots of issues, the horse can be confused, things like that. Whereas as soon as you just set up the circular round pen, you're on the inside, the horse is on the outside, you just have a target or whatever for them to follow around, or even if they're just walking by your side. The most natural thing for them to do is simply just follow the fence line round. Um, And there's no question about that, that's just what they're most likely to do. Obviously, there's some exceptions and things like that, where they may try to do other things. But most likely, you've set up for success, so they're most likely to do the behaviour that you want. Um, So, then, once the horse understands his behaviour, obviously, you can shape it into more traditional lunging, where you're standing more in the middle, add cues for walk, chalk, canter, and things like that. And then, when you take the um, fence line away, which is usually done gradually, um, they already understand So they're not likely to just um, run into what you consider your space um, or try and barge into you or um, run like just not understand that they're supposed to circle around you. They're more likely to understand the behaviour and be happy to do it, um, which is I find a lot better than just simply starting where the horse has absolutely no clue what to do. And they're just going to try loads of things until they get it right and they may get stressed in the process. So it's just really good for making things simple and easy and breaking them down so that the horse is likely to understand straight away um, instead of um, just going for extinction. So another human example would be, let's say you're given a maths question um, and it's multiple choice and you have absolutely no idea what the answer is. So you're just going to try clicking all the multiple choice answers until you eventually find the right one. And then, you know, that's the right one. Um, However, if you were set up for for success, let's say. you're given the equation to solve the problem so you start by be given the equation and there's only one correct answer um, and you're going to get that straight away so then when you're put into a situation where there's multiple answers you know what to implement and you can get it right straight away instead of um, having to go through lots of different answers until you find the correct one so that's kind of the same way that horses would feel Um, let's say they're given the equation and they completely understand then once they are put in a situation where there could be other answers, there's no need for them to trial them because they already understand and are comfortable with what they're supposed to be doing. Um, So I've seen this done with horses who find it hard to move away from grass or sometimes dive for grass or try to um, not respond to their recall cue when they're on really rich lush grass, which is completely understandable. Um, horses just instinctively feel like they need to eat all of that when they can. So I've seen this done where... um where they'll first of all be put somewhere where um they're eating a more low reward or something they're eating some very low quality grass and then they're given their recall cue and obviously their first response is to just come straight over and um, you can capture that straight away and really really reinforce that so then when they are on um lusher grass and things like that obviously you do this really really gradually and there's things in between steps such as just walking past food buckets that are really tempting for them and really reinforcing for staying with you and things like that um shauna Koresh, um on clicker training 101 podcast did a really really good episode on this about um teaching horses not to um dive for grass and things like that um and then obviously when they are on really lush rich grass and you do give the cue there's no question about it at this point when it's so so solid in their head that they're more likely to just come running over without thinking about it um, which is really really handy so obviously there are times when horses will say no and things like that but it just in- basically increases the chances that the horse will say yes or give what you want them to um, do without having to go through the coercion of getting things wrong especially with negative reinforcement if they're just giving um, more increase if they're just given more increasing pressure until they eventually get the right answer this could be quite stressful whereas if they're set up for success straight away and they get it straight away um they'll know exactly what to do next time um when they're put in uh when they're thrown more in the deep end and they're more likely to understand but um I've seen a really really good example of this with um I believe she's called positively together on Instagram where she was teaching a sheep Barnaby to back up away from food um and it was really amazing to see how she did this it was really creative basically um there were two benches and the sheep was in between both the benches um like picnic benches with something in front of it so it wasn't likely to move forwards or backwards or to the sides I mean it wasn't likely to move forwards or to each side but it could easily back out of the channel and leave if it wanted to however it was staying in there um and the trainer was kind of above the sheep and um the first answer to well the most obvious answer to the sheep to get backwards to access reinforcement was to just walk backwards um through the channel so the sheep obviously started walking backwards and the trainer would feed the sheep when it um reached her Um, and then obviously the sheep begins to understand that because this behaviour has been captured you can put a cue on it and the horse, um, sorry not the horse, the sheep would walk backwards so eventually the trainer could start to stand in front of the um, sheep and give the cue to walk backwards and the sheep would um, do it straight away. Um, even though at first this wouldn't be a very obvious answer for the sheep because they've already had the first steps of it being really obvious and capturing the behaviour they understand. And then eventually, um, I believe they took the bench and the channel away and stuff and just gave the cue for back up and the sheep was walking backwards away from the trainer because it had started off being so obvious and then gradually got more difficult but the sheep already knew the answer at this point. Um, and also I just thought of a horse example with Penny when I was teaching her the stay cue. Um, so when I taught Penny to stay, she really struggled with it at first, she kept on trying to move forward, she kept getting a bit confused and upset, so what I actually did in the end was I just um, went over a fence and she was on one side of the fence, I was on the other, I would just hold my hand up in the stop sign um, and then straight away just reinforce, just for that, because she's standing still while I'm holding my hand up like that, and then I would do the same thing, take a step back um, and then reinforce for that and then gradually take more steps back, and obviously um you may be thinking, well she's still on the other side of a fence, she can't move forwards. Obviously she's just gonna do that. Um and that's the point, it's the most obvious answer. There's literally nothing else that she would think to do at that point. Well, I guess some horses might, but she's very unlikely to do anything else. Um if that's the right answer and it's been very clear right from the start, then obviously she's just gonna stand there, um And if I was to just straight away start walking forward, she'd be trying to follow me. She'd be really confused as to what I wanted. Whereas because she was over a fence um, and she knew she couldn't move through the fence, obviously, she was just standing there whilst I was walking backwards and um, holding my hand up in the queue and rewarding lots and lots at this point to um, solidify the behaviour. And then eventually I could move forwards along the fence line and she would still stay still and eventually backwards at first with the backwards um when i would walk backwards sometimes i found when i gave the bridge signal which was a she would try and back up to get to me and this was fine i just went back to the beginning again and i just want to clarify she's not trapped over a fence or anything here she has the whole field and stuff i'm just on the other side um so she she has lots of freedom to move around and leave if she wants to but um obviously the training is really rewarding for her so she chooses to stay and she's engaged and enjoying it so eventually what I could do, um, how I started phasing out this um, barrier in front of us, which was clarifying, that's that's the word I was looking for, it really clarifies everything for the horse. Um, and lots of clarity is really good in training and stopping the horse becoming confused, stressed or over aroused or anything like that. So what I would then do was I, was, I would give the um, stay signal, I would walk forwards along the fence line then i would duck under the fence come into where she was mark there to mark that moment where i've got the stay signal we're both in together i would mark right there because that's the exact behavior i want then i would go forwards um to reinforce and um eventually i would just not go out of the fence at all i could just stay in and give the stop sign walk all around her and things like that and this behavior has been so so valuable with trailer training stationing everything like that um free jumping where I could ask her to stay and then call her over jumps um so many behaviors also just like when I'm out of hacking and stuff and I want her to maybe just stay still while I get off and shut a gate and stuff um and I don't want her walking forwards and getting confused and getting in the way of the gate I can just give her the stay hold up my hand so she stays um put whilst I shut the gate so she's not gonna walk forwards and then I'm gonna have to back her up to shut the gate which is really really handy so um, yeah this behaviour has been so helpful. So another non-horse example I have here is how I taught um, our pet goat Dibbles who loves doing goat agility to, um, you, do you know in dog agility how they kind of point around obstacles and the dog runs around the obstacle? Um, Dibbles used to do agility where she would just where she would just simply follow a nose target over things like that. But then I wanted to go a step further and be able to send her over things, um, which obviously if I was to just stand there and point and let her try every which behaviour until she eventually found the right answer and then reward for that, um, it could work, but there would be a bit more extinction involved and things like that. So what I then decided to do was uh, make it really easy for her by... um. So we have this slide that has um, a fence on either side of the top bit. So when she was on the top of that, on one of the obstacles, I put the um, target behind her. So obviously she couldn't turn around to get to it at this point. So to solve the puzzle, that's a, also a good way of thinking about it, setting it up so the animal um, is able to solve the puzzle to find the right answer. So um, to solve the puzzle of getting to the target, she was able to, um, instead of trying to turn around, jump down the slide and then turn around and jump back up. So, obviously, at the moment that she's jumping down the slide onto the next obstacle, that was when I marked, which for her is also a sound, and then reinforced for that. Um, And then, so that's capturing the behaviour which I wanted, which was was sending onto another obstacle. And then I could add a cue. So, the cue was pointing forwards. So, um, what I would do was... What I've spoke about in a previous episode called New Cue, Old Cue, Behavior, Consequence. So the new cue was me pointing forwards. The old cue was the target behind her, um, and I'm not saying that she's taught to move away from the target, but to solve the puzzle to get to it, she had to move away from it to turn around and get back up onto the slide. Um, so um, that was the new cue, and then the old cue obviously was the target behind her, um, and the consequence was the reinforcement. So this started to be- so the new cue started to become her cue to send onto the next obstacle. So eventually it got to the point where I could um have her come up onto the slide and then just point to the next obstacle she would run up onto that one um and then she would just run back onto the slide and I could point to the other side and she would run onto that obstacle and run back which was really really fun. And obviously I think this will take a long time for her to really solidify because it's quite a complex behavior. So I think each time I do it I might have to just go over it again. Um and I know this is a non-horsey example but it kind of applies to horse training as well because it's the same kind of principles. Um, so yeah, that was really interesting and fun. Another example of using setting the environment up for success is when people teach horses to lay down. Um, and I'm not talking about the methods of ropes and things like that. Um, I'm t- a good video of this is when Connection Training did a video on how they taught their horses to lie down and I believe they um, just put the horse in a situation where they're most likely to lay down which I think was after their sessions in the arena and then they captured the behaviour and gradually put it on cue. Um, so that's a really good example of um, good use of setting up the environment for success and capturing behaviour and putting it on cue so that you're not just stressing the animal when they're trying every which way to find out what you want until they eventually just stumble upon the answer. So obviously I'm not against um, leaving the ho- the horse to like solve a puzzle and get their brain working but for some behaviors it can really help to just um set up for success right from the beginning so they really understand and now i just want to talk about an example of using negative reinforcement because i've never really personally used setting up the environment with negative reinforcement because i just didn't really have this knowledge back when i was using purely pressure and release but something i did use was um teaching molly my old pony to jump on the lunge so um obviously if i just set up a massive skinny jump and just pressured and pressured and pressured until she went over it and then released it would work but i think that's really coercive personally and stressful um so yeah personally what i did was i made it really really clear and obvious that she was going to go for the right answer so i started simply with just two jump wings and obviously it had to be low cuz she was on the lunge and I don't want the line to like hit them or anything like that so I started with two jump blocks um really far apart no poles on no um poles in between them at all although you could just start with a pole on the ground in some cases but I just had two wings really really far apart um and really wide um and then I put a little bit of um pressure on and then um, when she obviously went for the most obvious answer, which was to walk in between the two jump blocks, then I would give the negative reinforcement, which was obviously the release. And negative, as I spoke about before, doesn't mean bad. It just means removal of something the horse doesn't want in order to increase behaviour. So then eventually, once she really got this, I could move the wings closer to each other and eventually add a pole on the ground um and I would do this really gradually so it was still really obvious for her to want to go through and eventually I could set it up to a jump and I would only have to give the slightest cue and she would straight away go over the jump because she understood that's what got the release and she in the end I believe anyway began to find it really intrinsically rewarding um so yeah that was how I did that instead of just pressuring and pressuring until she went over and obviously back then I wasn't as educated I didn't quite understand some things and there were some times where I just um, used increasing pressure which personally I wouldn't do now but yeah um, that's how I would do that Um, go about things like that with negative reinforcement is just make it really easy and obvious um, so that they're not likely to get stressed or have to experience increasing pressure or just really consistent pressure. Another good example of this was um recently on the Equalogical podcast when they were speaking about teaching horses to pick their feet up and stuff like that. And one of the things they mentioned was um walking horse over a pole and capturing the behaviour of them lifting their legs over the pole, which I thought was really cool and I've never really seen that before, but it's actually um a really good idea that I'll definitely use in future because um when you think about it, obviously the horse is going to have to lift their legs over the pole. Um, or they're most likely to. So that's a really good opportunity to capture that and start teaching the horses to pick their feet up. So yeah, I definitely recommend doing that and I'm definitely gonna be using that in future. So just a little summary, um, setting up the environment for success is mostly, I find about just making it so the behavior that you want the horse to do is the most obvious behavior that they're likely to do in that environment. Um, so then you can capture that. And then put it on cue so they can do it um, without the certain environment being set up. So it's really really helpful in um, getting a behaviour before it's on cue um, so that you don't have to just stand around for ages waiting for the horse to do the behaviour or waiting for the animal to get confused and finally figure out what you want. your top tips for this would just be make things really really easy and really obvious even if it's just like Like I said with Penny, I taught her to stake you over a fence because it's the most easy, obvious thing for her to stand there. And then I could eventually transfer that uh, without the fence. So, um, yeah, just make it as obvious and easy as possible so that in future when you do want to do it in a harder situation, it's already easy and the horse already understands how to do it. Although sometimes it can be good, I find, to um let the horse figure something out and think about it and make a little puzzle for them. Penny especially enjoys this because she thinks really quick, but at the same time she can get easily frustrated, so it's about finding balance. Um But although that can be helpful sometimes, I find it much better to do it this way rather than just throwing them straight in the deep end and expecting them to understand. Thank you for listening to the aim horsemanship podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode and if you found it helpful or if it resonated with you in any way i'd really appreciate if you could share it so that other people can hear it um if you would like to check out any homemade um crafts or personalized gifts please check out creations of cormel on facebook also if you'd like to follow me on instagram to see videos of the horses and updates on what we're doing my instagram is underscore dot a dot i dot m dot underscore horsemanship underscore thanks again for listening and i hope to see you next time